Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with our guest, Vanessa, and I'll let her do a little bit of her introduction. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about her backstory. She comes to us with a background in, in HR and a little bit of business. Uh, so, Vanessa, what are you up to these days? Yeah, thank you. Um, so, I, as he said, my name is Vanessa. I currently am a technical recruiter at SoundHound, working in the voice AI industry. Um, we started at, at SoundHound with music recognition and, and now hiring a lot of uh, software engineering uh, roles uh, specifically. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of where I found my specialty. Um, but I didn't always start start here. I actually started um, through, so I started as a competitive dancer um, mm-hmm. in my childhood and um, discovered that ultimately my next step was business management. I'll, I'll do a quick um, overview. Um, went to business school and through finding out what I didn't enjoy as much, I landed in a more people-oriented um, degree, which was majoring in, in humor, human resources and minoring in law. Um, from, yeah, from there, I uh, experienced a lot of different industries like uh, warehousing and logistics, retail, and now um, software engineering or computer software. Uh, really, yeah, really getting into a lot more specialty in, in voice technology specifically. Sounds good. So if we can kind of rewind, go back in time and, and find out what was Vanessa like as a kid? So what's kind of the earliest childhood memory that you remember, maybe involved dancing or something like that? Uh, what are some of the, the, what were you like as a kid? Yeah, I, I love this question. So I definitely involved dancing and music. I was a competitive <laughs> dancer. Um, so that was my sport or art choice, people would, would might want to call it. Uh, I was in love with music, always have been. Uh, loved also like in general loved being with family and friends loved people and really loved helping people trying to do what um, what I can to see others happy that that was always a type of, of child I was um, and and often wanting to lead things take the lead on things but then on the flip side also pretty hard on myself through I think my competitive dance background pretty um pretty much a, a perfectionist, as, as you would call it, really wanted to see great results gotcha. for others and for myself. Um, so that, yeah, that'd be how, how I describe it. Cool. So growing up in kind of that dancing world, were there, were there other influence around you? Were other people dancers or, or what was like the, the, your parents, your family, the influence around you? What was it, What were those like? Yeah, that's a great question too. No one directly in my family were a dancer. I think I was um, lucky to have the opportunity um, of early on, my parents recognizing, okay, she loves singing, she loves music, she loves (laughs) dancing. And I got the option to try out singing and dancing. And it came, it became so busy and competitive that um, it seemed like both got pretty hectic um, during during one given week. So seven days to manage a competitive dancing schedule um, got quite difficult. So I had that hard decision to make between do I want to pursue singing or dancing? And how I made that decision, I think, was um, I was quite young. So this is also parent conversations with my parents. But what I'm proud of and, and how that was made was um, deciding between an individual type of of art really um, versus a team 
um, environment. And I think I've benefited most from, from that really taking dance, um, into, uh, into a decision that led to a great group of strong friends. And then also those life, you know, uh, lessons around team teamwork and, uh, cohesiveness. Okay. Can, can you walk us through a little bit about the, um, kind of singing dance? Is that like high school before high school or what, what age group, like, like how young, and then is that kind of like you have singing classes and then competitions and then dance classes and competitions and things like that. And like, what, what was a week like? It, it seems like it could be pretty, pretty hectic and busy with, with all of that stuff. Plus you have school, I imagine, and all that sort of stuff as well. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're, you're getting it. Um, I was around five, I believe, or six okay. when I started dancing. That's actually when I made the decision around six to just stick with um, with dancing more more seriously. Okay. Um, as I as I like grew as a, a dancer, um, there was little moments where I would test out still and, and sing or rec record in a in a recording studio or on my own time, um, just for that love of of music in general. Right. Um, but that's how young I started. Schedule was increasingly hectic so it started more for fun and, and you know recreational maybe once or twice a week and as I grew older it really got into being at the studio five days a week oh wow um, being at the studio at 4 p.m east eastern time my time where it's you know you're going to school you're going to elementary school you're eating quickly at the back of the dance studio and then you're right into class till 10 p.m um, at, at night. So really busy days, but we, we loved it. And, um, and I, yeah, had some amazing moments there. And, and it was, sorry, it was also, um, you asked about schooling. It was also, um, into high school where I went to, uh, St. Elizabeth Catholic, um, high school and that's, uh, performing arts school. So that's where I also continued to study dance and actively pursue dance at, at high school. Gotcha. And on the competitive side, so were you like placing and you were like champion of this and that, or is it uh, like, hopefully that's an okay question to ask? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I can't say I was the, the champion and the best out there, but we were definitely traveling a lot. Um, I would say four, four to five times a year okay. into different locations to meet with uh, other dance studios um, and compete. I had, I think one year, one of my most um, busy and, and competitive years, I had about 14, I think 14, maybe even 16 routines that year, which is, which is quite high. So remembering those, um, those dances and routines and then having to practice for all, all of those were, were quite busy. Um, so. Cool. And, and, and what sort of effort was involved in like learning one, one routine? So you have 14, is, is it like uh, um, a month, months worth of work to, to learn one routine? Yeah. So the seasons usually, and this takes me back a while. So I, I hope I, I hope <laughs> I get all the, all the points accurate, but um, learning. Uh, so it actually the season starts from September, typically to around June. So kind of like a school year. Okay. Um, summer, you're still involved maybe in some, some dance camps to, to keep up training where you get a break. Um, and it would be pretty much from September to, I'd say, January or February of technique. And then in the middle, in the middle of that time frame, you're starting to actually um, create the routines with a dance instructor and then have weekly practices. Typically, 
per um, per dance routine, you have at least once a week, every week, dedicated 30 minutes to an hour on that specific routine. Sounds like a lot of, a lot of effort. Yeah. <laughs> and then that ultimately transitioned into business. So, so, so how did that process happen? Dances, I'm, I'm sure people could compare dance and business. Some <laughs> good analogy. But how did, how did uh, that occurred dance? or doing, you know, pursuing dance as a career choice. Sure. Um, I, I think what ultimately made me make that decision was analyzing, really, when I asked that question, do I see myself dancing as my career in the future? As, I think as I started to get to the near end of high school, the near end of my time at the competitive dance studio, I didn't feel that excitement. I didn't see myself you know, full-time engaged in dance only. Um, I, and I think that that's always been, especially in my younger years, something I believed in. Like I wanted a lot of excitement for what I did every day, especially, you know, looking forward at at becoming an adult. Um, So I didn't know where to start really. I had, you know, some, some people in my circle already at business school. I knew I, I loved talking about businesses and technology, um, but I knew nothing really about business. I, I didn't know, you know, if this would really be the right step, but I kind of deep dived and, and took a chance. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't easy. I started exploring, um, I started exploring at Ryerson accounting and finance courses and um, ultimately did not enjoy that, um, <laughs> but still, still wanted to enroll in my business degree. And thankfully the first year I learned you can have um, sort of like a general view at many different courses. And that's where I really discovered, um, okay, do I, you know, do I like law? Do I like accounting? Do I like HR marketing? And I really got to experience that. And, um, one of, one of the greatest decisions was being able to test and learn about everything and see, you know, what, what best reflects my character, my, um, you know, my desires, what best would make me excited. And that, easily enough was always um, my HR, HR specific courses. Cool. And could, could you walk us through a little bit more about the kind of that decision? So you went to an art school. So I would imagine most of your uh, fellow classmates and, and, and students were, were they also going to like arts uh, careers and degrees, like going into, into dance and what have you. And then you uh, are the black sheep going into business. <laughs> That's right. Is, is that how it was? Or is like, no, most people end up going from art school to somewhere else anyway. Um, so what was what was that kind of transition or mindset uh, like? Yeah, great question. I, I have some of my strongest friends are from dance and I, I would say not, not one of us, um, there's a, let's say a group of five, um, not one of us are dance professionals right now. Not one of us chose it as a career. Um, but looking back in my studio in general, that's kind of just to give a, a data sample there, but looking back at my career in general, there are a few, um, who did pursue, pursue it from my dance classes, um, whether it's dance teaching, owning a studio, um, maybe music videos, auditioning. Um, so there are ways to pursue dance, um, 
I think you gotta, you gotta have that passion. Um, so I wasn't really that, that cheap or that unique one that didn't. <laughs> okay. um, I think what really, what really, what it showed Luki is that sometimes a sport or, you know, a childhood, something you do for 10 years can still bring so much other benefits to what you do next. And I think that's, that's ultimately what we all learned is that journey and talking about like, what did we get from that? And, you know, how, um, how do we view that? And that's, that's been really positive around, you know, um, like, like I said, life skills, team, team building skills, um, and ultimately making it get me to, um, hopefully a career I, I enjoy more. For sure. Yeah. I was, I was talking to another recruiter friend who basically they love like, uh, athletes or folks in art, basically someone who, again, has to go to a workout or studio, or whatever, like five days a week and wake up at like 4am to, to, to get on a bus at 6am to do two hours before class. And then the same thing after class, because just, just dedication and, and work ethic and stuff like that is, is at such a different level. Uh, and to get them to do whatever it is, business or accounting or economics, and yeah, that, that stuff's easy. But uh, I'd love if you talked a little bit more about, again, that decision from um, the, the arts into, into business. So you were exploring, you said you had a couple of folks around you in, in business, um, but there's the other side, the like the English humanities stuff, like the, the science and tech and stuff. Were those two ever a consideration or was it kind of a clear cut path into business? Yeah, good question. Science and tech, never. I actually, (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting. I had, you know, um, right now I have such a strong interest in computer science, computer Mm -hmm. software, uh, for what I want to hire for, for what I want to be recruiting for. I'm enjoying that a lot and believe in, in many relatable products. But, um, if I take it back of like a few years or when I had to make that decision, um, it was just business in general. It, I didn't get yeah, driven to, I knew I actually didn't enjoy science from high school. Um, technology, just your natural, you know, child excited about things on the computer or the, the latest iPhone. It was just at a basic level of excitement. Um, so yeah, ultimately it was just, let me try business to explore many avenues and then figure out, you know, what, what I like from there. Uh, a, a good thing to bring up is what drew me to um, a computer science oriented company was actually my passion for music. So that's the okay. turnaround there. And um, that's where I, I, all, I always get really excited because I'm like, okay, my dance and my music love ultimately made me really, really want to look for something in my career that was related to my, my passions, right? And um, where I am now, we, they started with the music recognition app. So um, it's, uh, that, that's what really excited me, although they're working on voice recognition, that music component made me so excited to be, you know, um, recruiting and, and sharing with others um, what we're working on, because I was naturally passionate about it as well. For sure. Yeah, it sounds like an interesting journey to kind of bring some of uh, your old world into the, the new world and, and how uh, you something where you're one totally not interested, but that's what you seek out <laughs> from, from a lot of people as well. It's kind of an interesting uh, turn of events as well. Uh, I'd love if you walk us through a little bit kind of that exploration into HR. So you're in general business, you're exploring accounting, economics, finance, all those sort of things. And then you said you, you, you tested these, these things. Is it more like testing as in like taking different courses or was there kind of like experiential learning that you had or like, or just people you talked to? Like, how was that testing process for you? Yeah, another really great question I could elaborate on 
quite a bit. So um, first year business school, yes, it was general and the testing was through courses. Um, getting, getting to choose HR specifically, um, allowing me to enter more HR specific courses, then broke it broke HR down, right? And I was able to then explore employee relations courses, compensation and benefits courses, uh, different avenues within HR that I didn't maybe even knew existed. Um, and my favorite course, something I, I was probably the most highly engaged in was recruitment and selection. Uh, that was the title of the course. Um, so that natural progression of you know, watching myself, analyzing what, what do I feel excited about? That was always my favorite question, right? I, I wanted to find a career I was happy with and, and would enjoy. Um, and that started with, with my course. I wasn't too excited about the other ones. It was kind of process of elimination, but it's not always as simple as that might be sounding from me. Um, I also, on the, on the other hand, tried to get into the workplace. So um, pretty young, still in school, leveraged my network and connections and family members and friends to really kickstart um, a part-time job that's most relevant to, to my career and my studies. And um, really, really thankful for one of my cousins to allow me to start at um, National Logistics Services, which is a retail warehousing uh, company. Um, so not, it was more warehousing and logistics, not ideally was I passionate per se of the industry? Um, but I was so excited to have that opportunity of learning more about HR and um, that connection there. It was an awesome sort of internship experience that really grew in into a more part-time and even full-time role throughout summers in, in school. I got a lot of real, you know, real life examples of different HR departments and that's where I really started to test out a lot more and, and find talent acquisition in the end. Sounds good. So it kind of speaks to, well, talking more to uh, auntie, uncle and cousin, this and that, because you never know when they can help you with, with something. And it, networking is so important, uh, whether it's family or, or friends or, or volunteering or something. The people you know can often uh, have uh, great impacts. And yeah. that work experience, I think, is, is super important uh, because... Uh, well, what if you graduated and got into something, but never even tried it before? <laughs> you probably want to try it once or twice before you, you go through that uh, process. Uh, but yeah. uh, I think that a lot, a lot of that is very important. And I liked how you had that question of what uh, excited me, uh, what was interesting to me, and then kept that, kept that in the back of your mind and then help that direct you uh, in, in the course of, I guess, picking uh, an area of interest for you in the business side. Um, were there any other like kind of key decisions or milestones in your life that you think kind of helped you along this trajectory or any, any um, um, other kind of key moments that, that, that happened to you? Um, I would, yeah, I would say a key moment was at National Logistics Services. So it was the opportunity I got during university. Um, I was given the... I would say um, positive uh, opportunity to have a really strong HR mentor who was uh, not only interested in just the team growth, but the career growth of her team. And um, a lot of what I was doing was helping, like I was saying before, the HR team as a generalist. So touching many different HR areas 
Um, but through working with her, I leaned towards recruiting. I really enjoyed career fairs mm. um, and the mass hiring that they had to accomplish and the reward and fulfillment I, I saw through um, helping with, with the chance to, to give careers to others. Um, and what happened there was I started in that HR generalist role and we created a new role together, my, my past director and I focusing on talent acquisition and culture. I think that was a pivotal moment where I was like, okay, this can be reality. I, I could, you know, focus on these type of topics only as, as a full-time job. And that's where I learned, you know, recruitment can be really busy and, and is really busy. And so is culture and culture is only becoming more and more important um, for businesses to succeed. So that was the key, I think a key point in my career that really now kickstarted my talent acquisition special specialty and, and culture focused mindset. Um, and then, yeah, another, I'd say I have a second one. Um, second one would be uh, being reached out to from a recruiter at SoundHound. So as I was in that talent and culture role, what stood out to my current company was, was that focus on culture was my background um, with, with music, passion, and dance. And it, and it was obviously a recruiting role. So of course the talent acquisition specialty and that combination apparently really stood out to the recruiter that contacted me. Um, so I feel, yeah, super, super lucky to call that the key milestone. Cause if it wasn't for that job change, that, you know, chance to, to take on a newly created role um, and, and try to make my, my own of it, I might've not been contacted uh, from SoundHound either. So everything kind of leads to the next, but you don't always know you're heading for that. <laughs> Sounds good. So what I took from that is, uh, I mean, if you have those, those passions, some people keep them hidden because, well, it's a hobby. It's not something that I do anymore, but it can be a differentiator because if there's a music company or whatever that wants to hire who else would be better at that intersection of, of, of kind of the role and, and kind of the interest and passion. So I think that's amazing. So if, yeah. if you were able to, to go back so uh, in, in time and give yourself some swipe, the stuff I wish I knew earlier, I don't know if it's maybe in, in, in uh, university or high school, what are kind of pivotal moments in your career? What sort of swipe would you give yourself? Yeah, I had to think about, about this one. Um, it, there, there's so, there's so many, I, I think what really, although there could be many, what really stood out as the number one is that, that voice of everything will be okay and losses are critical to life success. Um, for, for me and what you've already been able to learn a bit about me, um, I wish I would tell myself that a lot, a lot sooner that you need to experience mistakes, you need to experience a loss to maybe, you know, kickstart and succeed a lot further. Um, that, that's something I, I easily got caught up in. Um, I, you know, I often built this idea that I had to reach perfection and I, I just wish I, I had, I had someone maybe tell me a bit more or tell myself a bit more, um, that things will, things will pan out. Um, and when you, when you're kind of worrying too much I think you're only bringing bringing yourself down from accomplishing something positive um so that's yeah that's a bit a bit about what I what I would say sounds good yeah I, it's one of those things where a lot of people suffer from that uh, kind of profession perfectionistic tendencies that sort of perfectionism <laughs> yeah. right so uh I think for a lot of us to say like yeah 
it, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You, you can kind of move on, recover from that loss. And, and it really, it's not loss. It's just a learning uh, something for you to grow from. I think that's amazing. So uh, what are some of the kind of future aspirations or, or upcoming milestones or things that we can look forward from you? And uh, maybe if you can provide kind of like contact information or folks are, are okay to connect with you on, on social media, where, where could they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, future aspirations really, as you probably could imagine, really wanting to stick with um, the technology industry, really want to stick with talent acquisition and culture focused um, expertise. So hopefully one day um, encouraging a team um, of people in culture org for a company to grow. Um, that's what I care deeply about. Uh, continuing to just, you know, join a mission I'm extremely excited about. That will often be, I think, the, the trend in my career, uh, needing, needing to have that passion about the products um, uh, that I support with, with recruitment um, to do, yeah, to do the best I can with, uh, with recruiting and for businesses and for people's careers. So uh, to contact me, LinkedIn would, would be, I'd say the best, um, Vanessa Kolalilo on LinkedIn. Also um, really open to sharing my um, email. So it could be Vanessa Kolalilo at gmail.com. Um, or at Soundhound V, a little bit easier, V Kololilo uh, at soundhound.com. And always really open to, to speaking about people's careers and helping them make these tough choices. Sounds good. We'll, we'll put all the contact information in the show notes to make it easy for folks. Um, but yeah, and, and you'll probably find Vanessa in various kind of career fairs or panels or things like that. And, and feel free to reach out and connect. But thanks, Vanessa, for sharing your story. And hopefully we'll have you back for a future episode to deep dive on uh, some other topics. So thanks. Thanks for uh, being on this episode. I hope so, too. Thank you so much. Take care, Lukey. Take care. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.